Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You want to talk to him? No, I do not want to talk to him. I hate him. He's a He's disrespectful and rude, and he's doing me dirty. And it's f***ing disgusting that a man is treating a woman like that who's been nothing but nice to him. It's essentially that she doesn't think we're compatible. She feels robbed because she didn't get the person she wanted. He comes off as this good guy. Well, guess what? He's a car salesman who sells houses. Why does he think he can move into the apartment and I don't get to move into the apartment? Why can't I hang out with my girls? Why don't I get to be there? Welcome back to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, Married at First Sight, Back to Boston edition. The drama never stops, never stopping. I truly, uh, you guys, what did we watch? Can we like all uh, rally together and sign up for some sort of workers' compensation class action lawsuit because... All of us are victims of Alyssa at this point, not just Chris. It's the world at large. Um, We've all been subjected to her. We're all worse for wear because of it. I'm, I'm like shocked. I, a couple episodes, I, excuse me, made a comment about how it's rare that this show, it's definitely not rare that the show has villains. It's rare that the show has women villains and how I thought, Hmm, that might be interesting. And you guys, I guess I might have to apologize to you and the world at large as well, because I think I really manifested that a little too hard, to say the least. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, do we even need to talk about Steve and Noy? Honestly, they had like a scene together where they were in a uh, waterfall and... Steve tries to teach Noi how to float, and then, in his words, a fish bited his toe. That's literally all that happened between them. I mean, they talk about, like, in some group scenes that we'll get into, but in terms of their individual or their couple storyline, not a thing. I honestly don't know. Um, It was like a whole, they just get the romantic, the boring romantic couple storyline edit, rather, which means that we don't really see them at all, and we're just left to assume that things are doing fine between them until they uh, aren't, 
and then I guess we'll see it. But yeah, that was easy. Two minutes, and we're already done with an entire couple. Let's get into uh, Elijah Wan and Katina. The episode starts with... Well, actually, let's talk about Lindsay and Mark. Shall we? Um, The episode started with Alyssa and Chris... doing diary cams individually, of course, because we know that there's not a chance in hell that um, they will really be uh, filming together unless they're absolutely contractually obligated to do so. Um, So when they're doing their diary cams, Chris is filming himself saying that basically Alyssa's doing everything she can to get out of her wifely duties, but she's expecting him to act husbandly, um, but she won't speak to him on camera, off camera, nothing. Alyssa's also filming herself by the pool and she's talking about how she's staying in the game and how she thinks that the fact that she's still here is saying a lot. Yeah, it says that you don't want to have to pay the penalty for breaching your contract. That's what it's saying, girl. But okay, this will, um, you know, let's just say it right now will be the most sensical, least delusional thing that she will say for the entirety of the episode. So, you know, get your stretches in, calming breaths, whatever, because we're really a trip in the light fantastic with this woman. It's like the in Willy Wonka when they go through that tunnel and it's like, no one knows where we are going, you know? But it's that, that whole trippy ride. Like, I didn't know which way was up. Nothing made sense. Right was wrong. Up was down. Two plus two was Q. I, you know, it was a whole thing. Uh, okay. I, I, let me, let's get back to Lindsay and Mark. So they wake up in bed together. Despite, as we saw them last week, they got into a pretty big fight the night before where Mark had said, you know, I think we should pull back a little bit, even though he had already um, smashed her cakes smithereens and, Lindsay just let the chopper spray and tell him, you know, if you want to pull back and you want to um, pump the brakes on the intimacy, my guy, maybe you can start farting and burping and, um, you know, letting your bowels do what what they may. How about that? If we want to talk about pulling things back a little bit. But anyway, I guess like an hour after they <clears throat> had their blow up, they talked and we saw a little clip of it. And Lindsay says, like talks to him like he's a child you know the purpose of a romantic date is to make me feel safe and loved and cared for they end up squashing it i have a feeling not for long i have a feeling this is a very uh band-aid situation uh quote me on that when it comes up later I'm feeling real good that this is going to come up again. Um, But Lindsay says that she feels like the communication between she and Mark is great and that they can talk through anything together. Famous last words, right? Before they have breakfast, Mark does a prayer and then he asks about her religious background. Lindsay's Greek. So she's Greek Orthodox. She grew up real strict. Like they spoke Greek in church. They were there for four hours. Girl, I get it i'm obviously not greek but i uh grew up in a pentecostal church and i still (laughs) mom don't listen to this but like i still like the amount of time waking up on a sunday morning and knowing that you have like 
three to four hours you're going to be sitting in a church and you're a seven-year-old it's like your whole day has been ruined and you're about to spend a month in a state penitentiary you guys i would do anything to get out of going to church because it was just such a commitment anyway but she says that she wants to give her kids a foundation but when they get old enough to figure out what they want she wants them to have the freedom to do that so then they start to talk about how many kids they want she wants to have one two or four not three and mark wants to have two and so they kind of go back and forth and decide hey if we can knock out uh twins in the first shot Let's shake on it. We'll not have any more kids after that. So then when we get back to them a little bit later, Lindsay tells us that Mark's mother mother figure, I'm assuming this is a woman that we saw at the wedding, is also his landlord. So apparently she has been blowing Mark's phone up, calling four or five times a day, trying to figure out some sort of issue that they have going on with the apartment that we later find out is a bed bug problem, which is a big problem. How did you get bed bugs, Mark? Mac, how did you get bed bugs? Mac, how'd that happen? So I don't know why, if he's been renting this place and she's effectively his landlord, why the bed bug issue would be his problem doesn't that fall under like your rights as a tenant is to have them fix like rodent and pest problems anyway she's been blowing his phone up calling four or five times a day and Lindsay is feeling protective but not quite in the way she should like She's taking this personally, and she keeps mentioning and bringing up how the landlord knows that he is here with me, and that he's supposed to be taking this time to get to know me. And it's like she's acting as though she has reason to believe that this landlord mother figure lady is actively trying to take time away from them getting to know each other. Which, I don't know why she feels that way. Because it doesn't seem like Mach does. I don't know. But anyway, um, she feels some type of way personally. Mark is flustered. uh, And also we find out that the landlord decided to just completely change the lease. I guess maybe she's associating the bed bugs with his cats. And so she just flipped the script and changed the lease so that there were no more pets allowed which is effectively kicking him out of the apartment. And now he's basically getting evicted while he's on his honeymoon. I'm assuming there's some sort of like personal drama element to it. Otherwise, I don't know why this chick would be calling him so many times, but it sounds like a disaster. And clearly it's affecting Mark's ability to enjoy his vacation and relax and whatever. So... They go to uh, get a massage. He's still feeling some type of way. And then when they're done, Lindsay goes into full what she calls mama bear mode. Sounds more like sugar mama mode, but that's her choice. Okay. Um, She tells Mark, here's the plan. 48 hours after we get back from Boston, we're going to 
get your stuff, move all the essential stuff. You're going to move into my place. We're going to figure out the cat situation. Everything's going to be fine. You're not going to have to worry about this lady ever again. I got you. Mama's got you. Okay. Um, he's freaked out. Like I said last week, you can tell now by how wide his eyes are exactly what emotion he's feeling. And in this moment, we're back to terrified, (laughs) but a different sort of terrified because he tells us that this is just like a lot. He was like, I didn't even know this lady a week ago. And now I'm moving into her place and she's doing this, that and the third for me. And it's a lot. He's overwhelmed. And he's like, you know, I know that this situation would come along much further into a relationship with somebody. So I'm kind of dealing with how much and how quickly everything's happening. All right, now let's move on to Elijah Wan and Katina. I had a conversation with my mother about this last week in which we had a disagreement over Elijah Wan's, um, Uh, choices and how he's navigating his relationship with Katina because last week he did that whole personal trainer gym thing where he pushed and pushed her to do things that even he didn't want to do in the gym in order to test Katina to see if she would speak up for herself and put her foot down on a situation. So I disagreed. I thought that was really annoying And she actually thought that that was a good thing. We're going to agree to disagree on that one. And I will say, however, Sarah, that this episode, I feel like, further um, uh, confirmed my uh, opinion on the situation. So they go horseback riding as their, like, cute little date for the episode. And, I mean, we got to talk about Katina's outfit, girl. Baby, I mean, I can understand how you think I'm going to Puerto Rico. Maybe you don't necessarily think that you're going to go horseback riding on your honeymoon. But did she not bring a jean? (laughs) Even a jean short girl, like even a short jean shirt short would have been girl. Even shorts, shorts would have been better. Um, Some sort of exercise outfit. What was this like lipstick, not lipstick alley, but... (laughs) Um, Shein, AliExpress, One Piece, Poly Rayon Blend, Coral, Pantsuit, with the very deep V, the very deep V, um, and, like, poofy slides. Like, you know, the slides that are, like, nude colored with a poof on the, the strap part. Um, it was a choice. At one point, she had to, I think maybe her pantsuit was, were bell bottoms. So she had to cover the bell, her feet with the bell bottom. And so it looked like she just had big coral feet. It was a whole situation. I was honestly scared that maybe the horse would get singed. Um, maybe she would burst into flames herself. Something would have happened to her vagina, um, to which the likes of, which it would never return to its original form. I was concerned. Personally, like, if I were working on production, I'd be like, I don't know if this is a safety hazard. I don't know. Titty pop out is really, frankly, the least of our troubles, considering the materials that we're working with. Um, but anyway, she seen, she did fine. She did fine. She does tell us, like, hey, guys, sorry, PETA. Every, animals are not for everybody. I'm not an animal person. This is not something that I would choose to do, but 
we're here and I'm going to do it. So she's like trying to be a trooper about the situation. She's getting on champagne, the horse, and they're really just like in a field. It doesn't really seem like they can do a whole lot, but just kind of roam around. Right. So they're just, the horses are just walking and Elijah one talks about wanting to go faster, but she's like, no, like I really don't want to do this. Um, and she also mentions to us that Elijah Wan has been a little bit more intense on this trip than she would personally prefer. So Katina is asking him as they're doing this horseback ride, hey, can you be a little bit more patient with me? But in an interview, Elijah Wan says, hey, I'm an adventurous guy. That's my lifestyle. I'm not going to change just because I got married. So what we are subjected to is watching Katina having to advocate for herself, having to be like, hey, can you not try to, like, agitate and provoke my horse? Um, I don't want to go this fast. Like, I don't really like it. She's not being a brat about the situation. You could tell that this is like, I genuinely am asking you to stop because I'm uncomfortable, right? And he doesn't stop. So Elijah Wan says some nonsense about how, like, I wouldn't, I'm never going to put you through anything that I feel like you can't get through. And it's like, well, you don't have to put me through anything. Why do I have to be put through anything? (laughs) Right? Like, I'm not your child. I'm not your, um, you're not my coach. You're not my mentor. I am not um, paying you or employing you to challenge me in any way. We are partners and yeah, you do challenge your partner and you should push your partner to grow in ways that you think that they should. But here's the thing, my guy, you don't really know her like that. So I don't know why we're doing all of these tests. Okay. Why don't you guys just like get to know each other? Can we sit on the beach and have a little drink and a kiki? Can we, um, talk about our past, our siblings, uh, our careers, uh, can we like make out or something? Why do you always have to be testing me? And why do I always have to, why do I have to be the one who's always being pushed to the limit to see if I'm enough for you? Like that shit's annoying and it's exhausting. And it's especially annoying and exhausting when you are really having a boundary and your partner's like, well, I'm pushing you and I know that you can do this. So like, you should just do it. It's like, well, can I just say no? Am I not allowed to do it? Am I not allowed to say no? Like, that's weird. And I don't like that. When they sit down, Katina does have to advocate for herself and says, Hey, like, I need you to stop pushing me sometimes because you need to recognize that at in some occasions there's going to be a line where I just don't want to be pushed. And in that moment, when you were pushing me, when we were horseback riding, I really wanted to punch you in the face. And he's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm always going to push you. I'm like, great. So you're not listening to my needs. You're not listening to my boundaries. And you're just like, oh, that's cute, babe. I'm just going to keep doing it. Just keep going to keep doing me. Baby. All right. Good talk, though. (laughs) Before moving on to the next couple, I do want to circle back to Steve and Noi, because I know not all of you guys watch the after shows, and I didn't either, but now I've made the decision that as of this point, I'm going to be watching Rudy After Dark, because it really seems like they get into the mess and the muck and the mire and the drama, and they're like 
explaining things that I didn't think was happening on uh, the other after show that they had. So um, shout out to you, Jesse. You uh, forwarded me a clip and a link in which on Rudy After Dark, they were talking about uh, Alyssa telling Chris about the man the psychic told her was her like one true love with the eagle tattoo, right? So apparently what really had happened was that the psychic apparently told Alyssa that her man had a lion tattoo, which we can all tell uh, from last week in this week's episode that there is a gentleman who has a lion tattoo (laughs) on the cast. And that would be Steve. And apparently Noi found out about this information and really felt some type of way about it. So to which I ask, uh, why didn't we see that on the television? Is this going to be addressed at some point? Because that's some real drama that I would like to get into. You're telling me that we could have a potential psychic told me that I was going to be paired with somebody who happens to have the same tattoo as another husband on the cast and we're just not going to talk about it? That's wild. That's wild to me. I also heard another story that maybe the eagle tattoo was actually true. I guess maybe one of Alyssa's friends on Reddit. As we know, every season, um, the friends, and I'm using air quotes here, like to come out and speak out for the, uh, the cast members. But anyway, apparently Alyssa's friend said that the psychic did tell Alyssa that he... I think she said that he did, in fact, have a an eagle tattoo and that one of the, maybe one of Chris's groomsmen had it or somebody else had an eagle tattoo or maybe one of the guests had one. And I'm not sure how she would have known that, but I don't know. There were two stories about it, but anyway, it was messy. And the point of it is that we should have seen that on the show. And I'm confused as to why we uh, haven't. And... I mm, I think it's very strange if they made the decision to change it on the show to an eagle tattoo in order to avoid that storyline. That would be strange to me. Anyway, let's talk about Jasmina and Michael because they only had a couple scenes this episode and they were pretty um, opposite, opposing scenes. Uh, so let's talk about, so the first one, they go on a double date with Katina and Elijah So they just are sitting out on the beach or having drinks with each other. And they're basically like comparing, uh, each other's relationships, but it's kind of like, they're not really telling the truth as to what's going on. Not really, really. Cause they're both like, Oh, like Jasmina says that they have, she and Michael have everything in common. And the more they talk, the more they realize that like, it's, they're just checking off each other's boxes one after one. Everything's so great. And Katina and Elijah Wan are saying that everything's been so great with them. And, uh, I will say that there was one funny moment where they're like starting to talk. Katina looks out at the ocean and she goes, I wonder if there are any fish out there. And Elijah one looks at her and says, I know that there are definitely fish out there. (laughs) What she was trying to say is like, I wonder if they're in the swimmable uh, shallow areas that like we can get to, but (laughs) girl, you don't let that man make you look stupid. 
please don't do it again. <laughs> so um, Michael then brings up the fact that he and Jasmina are both opinionated. And when Katina asks them if it's been a challenge, Jasmina says that she feels like she's able to see both sides of the situation, but Michael is not. And so then Michael says, well, that's funny because I could think the same thing about you. So they're really throwing some shade at each other. Tensions are high, right? Um, Katina gives them some advice and says, you know, you guys should just focus on understanding each other. And then Elijah Wan starts to talk about how he wanted to go on an adventure with the horses because he, you know, like I wanted to make a memory out of it or whatever, you know, to justify why he provoked his wife in this situation. And then he's like, you know, I realized that I could sense that Katina had hit her limit. And so I, I had to stop. And it's like, well, cause she told you, cause she had to tell you multiple times to stop. That wasn't like you being intuitive or a great moment because you did laugh in her face and say that you were going to continue to push her. So (laughs) a cool story, bro. Um, Michael says in an interview that Elijah one is kind of towing the line here. Like things could go South between he and Katina and he could push her too far, but Elijah one's an alpha male. And that he just is very trusting of the fact that Elijah one is uh, go smart enough to have the ability to self correct. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> like you don't know him any more than you know your wife. In fact, you probably know him less. But okay, I guess he's an alpha male. Anyway, Whew, let's talk about Alyssa and Chris, y'all. Oh, wow, 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 wow. Uh, maybe we should take a quick break before we get into that. So Pastor Cal has to introduce their segment by saying that the experts have been closely monitoring the situation between Alyssa and Chris, (laughs) as though this is like Russia and Ukraine. And they've been hoping to see something new and maybe some positive developments, but Chris has been trying to offer to hang out with Alyssa and she's been turning it down. So the experts decided that it was time for them to reinforce the structure of the process, (laughs) AKA remind Alyssa that she is on a show called married at first sight and that she has to speak to the husband that she chose to get married to. Okay. So Alyssa's given up, right? I mean, as if she has not given up any as if she hasn't given up enough, she she's more, more. Because clearly she knows that they're going to play tennis. So why, pray tell, did she dress up like she was on a bachelorette weekend in Charleston with the flimsiest possible outfit um, and flip-flops? Not a ponytail holder to be found. Bracelets. <laughs> Girl. Could not care. She doesn't even care about the dignity of the tennis court. That's how little she cares about this situation. Um, Crystal seems to be of the mindset that Alyssa is a fun-loving person to be around, despite the fact that she refuses to even make eye contact with him, and he knows that she is forced to be here. How he is able to even con- let that cross his mind without laughing is beyond me. But, okay. Alyssa even says some bullshit about how hard she's trying 
to be optimistic and how she is going to continue to do her very best. Is this what you want to claim and confirm is your very best? This? Girl. So they like kind of play tennis and then they sit down and Chris is like, well, okay, here's the thing. As you know, after this honeymoon, traditionally we're supposed to move into each other with each other. So what are you thinking about that? And she's like, you know, I like don't feel comfortable moving in together. So that would lead us to believe that she just doesn't want to move in at all, right? Wrong. Once again, Alyssa throws us for a loop and Chris starts to talk about, you know, commitments and how he made a commitment to this experiment and how part of that commitment included moving in. Alyssa cuts him off and she starts to talk to production on the other side of the camera. And she's like, you know, I don't really like where this is going because he's starting to talk about how he's committed and insinuating that I'm not. So I don't really want to do this. Okay. And then she tells Chris, you know, I'm not going to speak for you, even though I think you kind of feel this way too, but I feel robbed of this experience that I was supposed to have. And I just don't feel like it's fair to not be able to live into the apartment, to move into the apartment. And then she says, and I feel like maybe you're not understanding my point. She says, because it seems like we both want to move into the apartment, but it sounds like you've made the decision to move in without me. And Chris is like, I didn't make that decision. What I'm telling you is that I'm going to move in there. And so if you want to, you're welcome to, but I will also be there because that's what we're supposed to do. You crazy bitch. (laughs) So Chris is like, kind of sounds like you're in a tough spot right now, huh? (laughs) (laughs) At this point, Alyssa decides to be offended by this. And she's like, she gets up and she's like, I don't like where this is going. And so I need to walk away. He's being a jerk. (laughs) This bitch wants to move into the apartment by herself. For him to just do what, girl? For him to do what? So Alyssa walks to the other side of the court. Because they're like standing in the... They're sitting in the middle, right? By the net. And so she goes to like the far side of the court where some producers are. And one of the producers, there's like three of them, right? So producer A is like, do you even want to move in? And she's like, yeah, like I want to be able to hang out with my girls. And like, you know, if they ask me to hang out at the last minute, I want to be able to do that. (laughs) And the producer's like, yeah, but this is about moving in with your husband, Say girls trip, bitch. So she legit asks production, why is it fair that she doesn't get to move into the apartment because she doesn't want to live with Chris because they're not compatible? <laughs> then she tries to cry about it, but she can't. And so Chris is standing there like this. I cannot believe it. And he says in an interview, since the beginning, I've been trying to do what I thought Alyssa wanted this whole time. But I'm realizing that the things that I'm doing that I think are reasonable for the both of us are not in line with what Alyssa expects for me. And I kind of feel like she's being a little bit selfish right now. (laughs) So at one point, Chris is 
like they're just talking clearly there's a break in production because she's like full veruca salt pouting and the producers are trying to talk her down chris is talking to some other member of production and maybe he's talking about the lights or something but he's just having a conversation with somebody and he's gesticulating and at one point he's like pointing at something and she looks over at him she goes ugh look at his hand gestures they're like so aggressive (laughs) and the producer goes they're just hand gestures she's like no but look at him he's like pointing (laughs) (laughs) when is enough enough How did she get through the process? How did they clear her for this show? There's no way (laughs) that she went through this whole process and they didn't see not an inkling of this behavior. Not, surely they interview the parents, right? Like mama warmed him girlfriends warned him how did how did production not see this you guys there's no way there's no way (sighs) what are we watching chris says that he started off elated and then he got confused but now he's starting to get a little bit frustrated with the whole thing (laughs) can you believe it So they take a break from the tennis situation and Chris goes back to his room to FaceTime with his mama. And she's like, hey, buddy, how's the wedding going? Are you guys in marital bliss? And he's like, "Uh, yeah, about that. Uh, Things aren't going exactly as I expected. (laughs) Turns out Alyssa has a lot of concerns and she um, is getting defensive anytime I bring up any sort of version of Alyssa um, not giving things a chance with us. So then we cut back to Alyssa. She's outside. It's dark now. She's still going off to production about how she's sick of being positive and being a good person and taking the high road and how she could come off in a very poor light. (laughs) I mean, this chick did say that she was all about uh, putting out what you uh, get back in the universe and manifestation and, um, you know, knowing and being intentional in what she puts out in this world because she knows that it'll come back to her. And uh, I think your manifestation is working. I think you're um, putting out every possible vibe that you're a horrible rotted human being and you're not uh being positive and you're not being a good person and guess what girl you are coming off in a very poor light to everyone so congratulations (laughs) you were a very intuitive woman and exactly what you feared happened is happening now wow maybe you should go into the uh the tarot arts maybe you should become a medium You got that third eye, girl. (laughs) You really called it. At this point, poor Chris is still trying to make things work. And he is now having to send a message to Alyssa through production because she won't speak to him directly. And he says, 
hey, um, can you tell Alyssa or ask Alyssa if she'll just speak with me privately off camera? But when the crew asks her, she says she doesn't want to talk to him because she hates him. And that he's disrespectful, he's doing her dirty, and that it's fucking disgusting that a man would treat a woman like this when she's been nothing but nice to him, okay? <laughs> she said women's rights, y'all. She said, I'm a feminist, and I will be treated in the way that I deserve to be treated, which is exactly uh, the opposite of how you're being treated, actually, girl. <laughs> If you want to be treated the way uh, you deserve, I think you're going to be even more upset than you are now. (laughs) Alyssa decides to continue to be, like, nice to Chris by saying that he comes off as a good guy, but guess what? He's a shitty car salesman who sells houses. Oh, goodness sake, girl. What are you like when you're not being nice? Then she starts to cut up again with production about him, about Chris moving into the apartment. And why, why can't she get to be there with her girls? (laughs) So cut back to Chris talking to his mom and his mom's like, well, it sounds like she hasn't even gotten to know you yet. And I had a conversation with Alyssa's mom and her mom said that Alyssa needed a guy like him who was down to earth and a calming force because Alyssa has a tendency to fly off the handle and cries all the time and needs somebody who's going to bring her back down. And Chris is like, yeah, I did get that same message from Alyssa's mom and dad and her bridesmaids. And goodness, I mean, let's talk about the vast difference between um, somebody hearing something from people's close, confident uh, inner circle and not running with it right into the depths of hell and ruining everything for everybody. Then back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. 
BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. Back to Alyssa. She continues to tell the producers that she's only happy when she's with her girls or by herself. And her mom's mad at her because she thinks I'm not being nice to Chris, but I am. I'm a good person. If I don't come off that way on this fucking show, I'm going to be pissed. In this moment, I had a flashback to Chris, Atlanta Chris of Chris and Paige and thought, gosh, I thought that man was delusional. But wow. Wow. We have a front runner and Alyssa, don't we, ladies and gentlemen? Wow. Even production is sick of her and they're sick of her shit. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) And producer number three tells Alyssa, you know, at the end of the day, this is a show about marriage. And it's called Married at First Sight and not Single at First Sight. So then back to Chris. Chris's mom tells him, you know, obviously Alyssa's dug her feet in on the situation. She doesn't want to meet you halfway. It might be time for you to cut your losses. And Chris has to agree. (sighs) Unfortunately, then we have to go back to Alyssa, still going off on producers and says, I don't care about other people. It's about how I feel. I'm not being dramatic. I feel like I'm handling this better than probably anybody in this group would. <laughs> Woo! The Trump jumped out on that one. Producer three goes on to tell Lisa, girl, you have to decide. Am I willing to try? <laughs> Am I willing to show up? If the answer is yes, then we have somewhere to go, right? And Alyssa's like, well, I guess that we just have to figure that out. Not today. (laughs) And the producers are like, "Mm mm-hmm, absolutely. But soon, because we're about to move in, Alyssa. So then Alyssa turns around, takes her cloven, gnarled hooves back to her uh, single lady who only wants to be here with her girls or by herself uh, hotel room. I mean, what an absolute terror part of me wants to say that we're really blessed to watch this happen because i'm highly entertained but also like chris nobody nobody deserves to be subjected to this not a single person and i'm glad that later like it seems like chris is now getting it and having fun with it like he's pissed and that sucks but also like it's it's kind of entertaining right so like even though i was talking cash shit in the beginning of the season about how like I don't want to be played by the the producers again. I am sick of them intentionally casting um, wrong couples. Like I'm here. I'm invested. I am a hypocrite and I have no problem saying that. So the next day they decide, obviously we have to split Alyssa and Chris up. So they have conversations with two different sets of people. Chris has a conversation with, uh, Mark and Lindsay. So let's start with what they talked about, right? So Lindsay says to Chris, you know, you look like you're in a significantly better place than you were the first couple days. So you look great, guy. And I think she's both right and wrong in that. 
right and wrong. <laughs> so Chris says that he's not where he thought he would be. Understatement of the century. And that he thought that the wedding was great. But then later that night, Alyssa came out and she said to him that she had some concerns. And when he asked what happened, she was just like, well, you know, it's a long day. It was a long day and I'm tired. I don't want to talk about it. So the next day, his coming into it thinking that he was going to hear about something that he had to fix or change, but she told him they're just not compatible because they have too many different values. So Lindsay is like, well, it sounds like she didn't even give you a chance and she saw you at the end of the aisle, didn't like what she saw because you didn't fit the vision of what she had in her mind. So she just instantly wrote you off, which is exactly what happened, girl. Thank you. Chris says, well, she's, Alyssa hasn't said anything really negative, positive, nothing at all about my looks or my body. And it's like, well, yeah, uh, not to you, (laughs) but we all know, Chris, (laughs) you don't want to know. You don't want to know the answer to that. Lindsay's like, you know what? This is a shame because Chris, you're probably exactly the kind of guy that she needs and she's throwing you away. 10 years from now, she's going to look back on this and regret it. Mark is shocked by this whole situation and he can barely say anything in the moment, but he has a lot to say to us. Amen. Amen, Mark. And he's like, you know what? I give Chris a lot of credit because at this point I would have like been nice to her the first day confused and like trying to figure it out. But I would have been like, you know what, Alyssa, you're not making any sense. I would have hit my limit at this point. In an interview, Mark is talking about Alyssa and he's like, when she signed up for this, what was she thinking? I'm just curious. Like, did you think that this was going to be some magical dream guy? It wasn't. It was going to be one of those things that makes sense for a marriage. And I really just think she's not giving it a a chance. And I'm frustrated because it actually feels like they are compatible. And, you know, she's not trying, right? (laughs) So then Chris says he's also frustrated because he actually feels like they could get along. He wanted somebody with drive and he can tell that she has that because he finds that really attractive. And it's like Mark's looking at him like, dude, like don't even, don't even open your mouth to even give her a hint of a compliment, dude. Cause you know what, Chris, Like, the only drive that she wants to do is to drive right over your body and right back into Boston, okay? (laughs) Sorry to be violent, but, like, let's be real here. So Mark asks Chris, what are you going to do? And he's talking, and he says some of Lipstick's stuff about how he can only do what he can do. And Mark's looking at him like, okay. And in an interview, he goes, my God, like, how much time are you going to give this, dude? (laughs) question of the century so then we get to Alyssa, and she has a conversation with jasmina and katina her girls who are not her girls by the way (laughs) just just to be clear on that they see right through her just like everybody else does um but jasmina asks Alyssa like where her head has been at for the past couple days and she's like you know it's definitely hard to be around everybody else having fun just knowing that i don't have that And then she says, you know, obviously neither of us thought that this situation would be like this. But the issue for me is that I'm not blaming Chris, but it feels like he's blaming her and that's blaming me. And that's upsetting me. 
Katina and Jasmine are just staring at her because what on earth could they possibly say to that, right? (laughs) And she goes on to say, you know, I came into this and I put in the same effort as everybody else. And then Jasmina looks at her and says, so you feel like you've done everything you can to try and make it work. Huh. (laughs) And Alyssa's like not picking up on it. She's like, yeah, like I went into this situation 100% wanting to be committed. Like, yeah, we know you went into the situation, but you did not go into this marriage (laughs) wanting to be committed. Okay. But then she throws his family members and friends under the bus and is like, well, they said some things. And unfortunately, a lot of those things didn't sit well with me. And so Katina's like, okay, well, even though the family may have said something, you have to try and like get to know that person. And that may have been a slip up on your end. And maybe instead of taking things to heart, you should have just put that information in your pocket. And if you saw it happening, you could be like, oh, they did say that instead of being like, oh, I'm out, you know? So Alyssa's like, you know, I understand where you're coming from, but I feel like I'm doing my best to be respectful and honest. And they just stare at her again. (laughs) And then Katina tells Alyssa, okay, if you feel like Chris is blaming you, Maybe it's because he thinks that you threw in the towel too quickly. Have we considered that? And Alyssa's like, you know, we have had many conversations in which I feel like I've explained to him why I feel like we're not a match. And Katina's like, okay, well, um, correct me if I'm wrong, right? But my personal opinion is that you're not physically attracted to him. And some people might think that's vain, but like, I'm not going to judge you for that. And Alyssa does finally admit, you know, he's not who I would be attracted to. And he's not who, uh, uh, not what she asked for, for the experts. And she would have rather the experts just not match her with anybody at all than to match her with somebody who, quote unquote, doesn't align with her. (laughs) So Katina then says, okay, well, if those are your reasons, I think that you need to sit Chris down and tell him this straightforward and real blunt, exactly why you think this isn't going to work. And in an interview, Jasmina says, I feel like Alyssa was done from day one. And I feel for Chris because I know that he really wants it. He really wants it. (laughs) Lord, help us all. Moving on to Jasmina and Michael. They go to the waterfall. Michael's clearly already overthinking things because his introduction to them going to the waterfall is him saying that they've had more awkward and intense conversations than lighthearted ones. So he's hoping that they can finally have fun on this excursion. Great. So the conversation does kind of start off a little bit stilted and Jasmina is jazz me. Okay. Jasmina M E. Um, when I'm not feeling something, I don't really want to talk. <laughs> like, and I can't really fake it. Like, I'll be surface nice to you, but like, I couldn't give much more than what Jasmina was giving. Probably, I like definitely couldn't give her more, give anybody more than that. She says, she's still feeling a little off since Michael got upset with her about thinking that she cut him off, even though she absolutely did not do it but 
she says that she's trying not to let that affect her memories because she wants to, you know, not let the whole honeymoon be a bust. I guess Michael's idea of having a lighthearted conversation was to tell Jasmina about the time when he was in elementary school, a sixth grader stalked and harassed him and then beat him up and how traumatizing that was. So ha 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 fun, fun honeymoon memories of you getting beaten up. That's cool. Cool guy. They decide to get into the river and the producers and editors were doing a lot, a lot of heavy lifting, a lot of stretching with this segment that they were like really were heavy handed and trying to make it seem like romantic and Jasmina's really going out of out on a limb and being adventurous. You guys, that water was barely covering their feet. It, it would be a bit of an exaggeration to say it was ankle deep. Like they were really like leaning into the slow-mo and the special effects to make it seem like they're in the wildest tropical vacation on this like bustling river girl. It was barely bath. It was giving, um, uh, outdoor pool that you get from Kmart, you know, those blue plastic ones. We all know we've all had one, you know, the one barely, barely that deep. (laughs) Okay. Okay. They're really trying because like I said, y'all, I don't think uh, Jasmine and Michael are long for this show. So I think that we're really trying to uh, make a dollar out of 15 cents with them. Y'all know what I mean? So after that, everybody meets out at, uh, meets up for drinks and, They're having a group conversation. Who wants kids? How many? Blah, blah, blah. Boring, boring. Um, Chris does this whole thing about how he didn't want to have kids until he started to get his life together and his mental health together. Alyssa looks like she would like to drown herself in her drink. Um, Then Mark asks the very clearly uh, producer whispered in his ear question of, um, has anybody had any issues that they've had to overcome so far? Real natural conversation, Mark. Thank you. Michael starts it off by saying that he's working on his communication and that if he wants to tell his wife that something she's doing is hurting him, that there's a way he can go about that without being harsh. Then Katina and Steve both talk about the importance of honesty and directness without being cruel. And Alyssa keeps co-signing and finishing people's sentences like she is living on the same planet as everybody else. And she is like, yeah, yeah, regular, normal human behavior in which you respect somebody. I definitely do that. And I agree with that because I do it. And thank you to the editors for showing her being like, "Mm -hmm, I get it. Yeah. A a real troll on their part. Shout out to y'all. Elisha does admit to pushing Katina on every excursion, every filmed moment of their honeymoon so far. But now he's coming to the realization that he doesn't need to do that. And that he needed somebody. And I thought this was very telling. He needed somebody like Katina in his life to speak up. Because he will roll over anybody he's in a relationship with who is passive. That is weird. His need to, like, be alpha dominant to control the situation should somebody allow him to. It's like, why can't you just control yourself? Why would you... It's weird. It's weird how much importance 
he's placing. Maybe this is like an actual thing that people need to place importance on and I am weird and I don't care. But to me, this sounds like very strange, odd behavior. Noi talks about how she and Steve communicate differently because Steve's a little bit more analytical. She's obviously very romantic and she likes to um, speak how she feels. Whereas Steve is more of a physical touch kind of guy and he will cuddle to show his affection and his feelings and his emotions, but he doesn't really say things. But now he's realizing that that's what Noi needs. So he's trying to verbalize that more. Great. Mark says he's never been in a situation where somebody's really been this supportive right out the gate, like with Lindsay. So he's trying to learn how to like let that in and accept that from her. And then the conversation turns to Alyssa and Chris and Alyssa's like, don't look at me. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's um, w- one joke. And you're already negative three jokes. I don't think you need to be making any lighthearted fodder about this situation. Okay, young lady? Anyway, um, Chris decides to take uh, the lead. And he tells everybody, I think you guys all know that we're not in the same place that you are right now. Then Alyssa says some bullshit about how they're just taking things day by day and we're still sitting here next to each other's and that says everything, right? (laughs) People are staring at her like, no, but okay. In an interview, Chris is basically at his wit's end. Thank God. And he's like, you know, Alyssa and I don't talk outside of when we're doing an activity together. And I'm trying to get her space to grow because everybody says and has said that she moves really slowly, but... I want Alyssa to say that she is done with me on camera in front of everybody if she's not into this at all. Like, you're going to drag me through this. You can at least be honest and you can do it in front of everybody. Okay? So, Noi asks what their plans are for moving into the apartment. And Alyssa's like, you know, we haven't really spoken about that yet, but... Um, I was thinking that Chris could move in the first half and I could move in the second half. So, you know, we could both be a part of it because I love everybody else really a lot so much. And just because it didn't work out for us in the romantic sense, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be able to participate if we both want to. It's like, the show is called Married at First Sight, Alyssa. What's not clicking? (laughs) This isn't like rec league uh cheerleading girl it's not just because it's like well you know maybe i didn't technically make the team but i have that can-do spirit and i want to be here so can i just like be the water girl and we can just switch off (laughs) so chris is like okay well i haven't heard of that uh strategy and it's not something i'm interested in then he tells everybody I love all of you, but I didn't come here for you guys. I'm either all in or all out. I'm not looking to split time with you like we're fucking divorced parents, okay? But in an interview, Chris says, the notion that we would share this experience like divorced parents and decide which weekend days we were going to spend with our children, meaning like the other couples, it's absurd. This isn't a draft At this point, she's teetering through this experiment because she wants to live in that apartment, not because of anything to do with our marriage. And now we said it. 
And then Chris goes on and says <clears throat> that he was here to get married. And so he has, and he's telling this to everybody. If she wants to move exceptionally slow, I have no problem doing that because I was here forever. And so if you want to move slow, what does it really mean if we're doing forever? Right. But, uh, it seems like I keep putting in some effort and I'm getting zero back. So everybody's nodding in agreement with Chris, except for Alyssa, of course, who looks confused as to why he would think much less. What do you mean? Huh? What? <laughs> in an interview, this woman, this monster, has the audacity to complain about how Chris doesn't want to compromise when she's trying to come up with solutions to their problem and how disappointing it is that he won't even entertain her ideas because it seems like he's actively trying to make her look bad. But you know what? It's not going to happen because she's not a bad person. You guys, she's actually a really good fucking person. (laughs) I feel like if you were, you wouldn't have to keep saying it and you would just like let your actions speak for themselves. But I think, you know, that your actions are speaking the opposite of your words, which is why you keep having to advocate for yourself. But okay. So Chris decides to lay it out all on the line in front of everybody. And he says, I'm going to take your lead, Alyssa, if if you're all out. But if you're even 1% invested, then I'm all in. (laughs) So Alyssa, nothing. Teflon Don. She's like, you know what? It's been a tough journey for me. And I just want everybody to remember that it's not my fault that this happened. So Lindsay is like rolling her eyes, chomping on a, a martini olive that she got from God knows where, cause she's not drinking. And Alyssa's like, you know what? Don't make that face. Don't do that when I'm talking. And she's like, you know, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> not doing a thing. And so then Alyssa tries again and she's like, you know what? I just want everybody to remember that I came into this with the best intentions, just like everybody else did. And I've done all the work and I'm happy and I can say that. And I just need everybody else to just know that it hurts that it went this way for me. (laughs) In a confessional, Lindsay's done. And she's like, you know what? Everything that Alyssa's saying is bullshit. So all I can do is stare at a palm tree or stare at the sand because I know that I don't have a poker face and I can't look at her. So then Alyssa starts to cry about how this hasn't been easier for easy for her. And Chris is like, okay, I'll talk aside. I just need to know if you're all out. That's it. That's the only question I have. So Christine or Katina asks Alyssa, do you understand what Chris is saying? And she's like, yeah, but I just don't think it's a conversation to have in front of everybody. So now we know at this point that Katina and Jasmina know that Alyssa's not attracted to Chris, that she has told them that she's going to talk to them, talk to him about it. And so they're like trying to advocate for her a little bit and tell him, okay, she says she doesn't want to talk about it in front of anybody, everybody, everyone. So like, just give her that. She does promise to tell you, but like, you know, just give her just a little bit. Right. Um, Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Elijah Wan is totally annoyed. Totally annoyed on Chris's behalf. He's done with Alyssa. He's like, you know, Chris's heart is really big. And Chris says something about it not being fair. And then Alyssa does some big speech about how he can't say that she's not trying because she's sitting here next to him. So that means that she is trying. And she's had a lot of opportunities to leave, but I, she hasn't, Okay. So at this point, Elijah Wan just has jokes in his interviews, and he's like, let's be real here. here. It's probably, what, 60 degrees in Boston right now, and it's about 90 degrees here in Puerto Rico. So if she could have left yesterday, she would have, if she really wanted to, but she didn't. (laughs) Thank you. Then Alyssa says, you know, just because things didn't work out like I wanted it to, it doesn't mean that I'm not trying. And to me, that that says a lot. Okay. Well, it does not mean a thing in the real world, girl. Not a thing. Lindsay says, I don't know what's going on with Alyssa. I don't think Alyssa knows what's going on with Alyssa. She keeps talking about how she was robbed, but what about him? What about him? (laughs) So Katina again asked Chris if he's okay. And he's like, I just don't know if I should be moving on or not. And... I, because I am, you know, like I made a promise to be in this process. All I can do is continue to try. He's like, honestly, I went into this situation thinking that there would be a lot of scenarios that happened, but this was not one of them. So after that nightmare scenario, Mark and Lindsay sit down together and Mark thanks Lindsay commends her really for not going there when Alyssa called her out at the table. And he's like, you know what? It's a good thing because if you were to do something that I might not necessarily do, I'm kind of forced to be there with you because we're partners. Right. So I'm just grateful that you didn't take it there so that I didn't have to take it there. They have this whole emotional moment about the situation. And Lindsay tells us, you guys, I, I already said I don't have a poker face. I was holding on to Mark's arm for dear life the whole time. <laughs> they both agree that Alyssa's making a huge mistake, and that's the last we see of them for the episode. Then we see Katina and Elijah on have their own conversation about how, like, they were all grateful that they were able to have that conversation with Aly- Alyssa and Chris. Elijah on has, he's a different man at this point. <laughs> He's been very moved by the whole situation. And he's like, you know, watching Chris be so vulnerable in front of everybody was one of the most powerful things I've ever witnessed with my own eyes. (laughs) And he's like, (laughs) he's like, Alyssa, 
listen to what this man is saying. You want love? Listen to him. This man is putting his life on the line and embarrassing himself in front of everybody just to make you happy. How can you not feel for that man? My throat come back up in my chest, dude. <laughs> He's been through it. Elijah Wan will never be the same after this. Somehow they managed to get Alyssa and Chris to sit down together. Chris starts off by saying that he didn't know what Alyssa was thinking in terms of them switching off sharing the apartment. But why do you feel like that's the best solution to us for us, girl? So she says, well, it's not about it being the best solution. I just know that I want to be a part of this experiment. So for me, I want to be able to move into that apartment and participate with the group. And I think that experience is very important for the both of us. So thank you. Benevolent queen. She's bestowing him half of the time because she knows that he wants to be there. He wants to be married, Alyssa. Jesus. So... Chris says in an interview, I'm in this to be married for the rest of my life or I'm out. Okay. And I've been noticing that Alyssa started to use the word experience in the last couple of days to talk about this. And I think that's really telling of her, mo- her motives. She wants to enjoy the experiment or excuse me. She wants to enjoy the experience, but she doesn't want to uh, go through the process. And I think the language tells the story. <laughs> He's a nerd, but he's correct. Then Chris takes a step back and he asks Alyssa what her thoughts were going into this experiment, right? Like, before you met me, what were you thinking? Did you come into this process prepared to adjust for somebody who wasn't perfect? And she's like, I never thought that I was going to be matched with somebody who's a thousand percent perfect. But I just think that we just have a lot of differences and I don't think that you'll be able to change on them. So, no. The answer to that was no then. (laughs) So, Chris asked her if she has said any of this to him. And she's like, you know, there's definitely things that I've brought up to you. And he says, what are they? And then she's like, uh, well, mm, um, well, I just, um, like, right now, I'm just, like, mentally not able to have a conversation that you want to have. So, um... But I am going to have that conversation with you. And so Chris sits there for a couple seconds and he goes, uh, when do you think you might want to have that conversation? And she goes, well, you know, we are leaving tomorrow. So uh, probably, I don't know, like uh, maybe next week. I don't know. Maybe next week, I assume. (laughs) In an interview, Chris says once again, Alyssa said that she can't have a conversation and she's not willing to have it on camera, but the problem is she's not willing to have it off camera either. (laughs) So then Chris straight up asked Alyssa, when was it that you tapped out? And she's like, I haven't because I'm sitting here right now. And Chris says, okay, I'm not talking about the other people. I'm talking about us as a couple. Alyssa goes on to repeat that she had the opportunity to leave the day before and she chose not to. And so Chris says, okay, so is the fact that you stayed, does that mean that you're still invested on working on our marriage? And Alyssa says, I think I made it very clear that it's not something I'm willing to sit here and give you an answer on. 
I understand that you're frustrated, but like, I'm also frustrated. And I think that you need to remember that we're both in the same situation now, right? Chris is like, uh, no, I don't think we're both in the same situation. Honestly, <laughs> like if this doesn't have any chance whatsoever, I would much rather hear that we're not compatible and that you want the apartment for two months. And if that's the case, knock yourself out. I'm in this because I was looking for somebody to be married to the rest of my life with. And therefore, I'm going to act accordingly. <laughs> and then when he starts to say, if there's any sliver of a chance, Alyssa starts getting annoyed and she says, you know what? I told you I'm not going to give you an answer to that. And it's not fair or respectful that you keep asking me when I'm telling you, I cannot sit here and tell you that answer right now. I don't like it when you continuously try to poke me. And I'm at a place right now where you're making me upset. And what's going to happen is that I don't like how you're speaking to me. I don't like how you're portraying this conversation. I don't like how you portrayed me at the table. It's actually disgusting to me. So I'm going to get up and be done with this conversation for tonight because I don't like the way you talk to me. <laughs> oh, so Chris has to do an interview by himself and he's like, I don't know. No, I know she doesn't have any interest in this. I know confidently that she has no interest in this. So, Chris tells Alyssa, okay, it's really clear that you only want to go through this process because you want to live in a cool apartment building with your friends, with your girls. And when she uh, starts to say the line about how she left or how she could have left, he rolls his eyes and he's like, yeah, yeah, I know you had the opportunity to leave yesterday. Whatever. Okay. You're trying to create a false dichotomy whereby you're trying to create a situation in which you didn't know what you were getting yourself into, but you're in a position where you have to make a decision. <laughs> so Alyssa starts wandering, her eyes start wandering to look over at the crew and she's like, you know what? This is not fair. And this is why I have a really hard time being calm and having an adult conversation because I always feel like it goes to the same place. <laughs> And so the producer tries to help Alyssa out and is like, Alyssa, excuse me, Chris, Alyssa's trying to act for a little bit more, ask for a little bit more time. Can you just allow her the space for that? So Chris has to tell the producer that he's in a position where Alyssa has now said on camera that she needs more time to make a decision, but he thinks that she's not here for the right reasons. So Alyssa rolls her eyes and she does that move that's like, Ugh, can you believe this? Can you just believe what he says? And then she tells producers, see, I'm telling you that's not fair. I'm not going to stand for that because I am here for the right reasons. And that's not okay. And then she starts to cry and says, like, you know, this is a person I'm going to be shown as. And that's not okay because I'm a really fucking good person. I came here with the right intentions. And if I didn't have the right intentions, I wouldn't have gone through this process. I would never in a million fucking years let my family and friends be subjected to this if I wasn't here for the right reasons. I can't stand here and have somebody try to assassinate my character because that is not fair. And then she gets up and walks away yet again. <sighs> My mind, flames, flames on the side of my face, the delusional, absolutely delusional. I'm over it. Chris is over it. He's like, I just wish that Alyssa would just admit how she feels and take the consequences for her feelings. Just be honest, you weirdo. (sighs) Finally, it's the last day of this honeymoon from hell. 
the couples are headed back to Boston. Lindsay and Mark are in bed and Lindsay's asking Mark about his home decor style. And he starts talking about how he has some signs up on his walls. And she's like, ugh, please don't tell me you're like a live, laugh, love kind of person. He's like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> so she explains it to him. He's like, oh no, my, my house isn't like a hallmark or anything. It's fine. <laughs> so... They're planning on, like, fully moving out Mark out of his apartment. So she's preparing him and saying, you know, the next 48 hours are going to be pretty crappy for you. But you know what? I'm looking forward to getting back to Boston, getting back to our real life, focusing on each other, <laughs> and really getting to, to get to know each other. So then we move on to Elijah Wan and Katina. And he asks her if she's nervous about going home. She's like, you know, I'm a little bit nervous about living together because that's when you really start to see things that you don't like. But I kind of feel like we're getting along fine so far. So, you know, so far, so good. And then Katina tells Elijah that he, Elijah Wan, that he has a really strong mind and that he has no problem sharing his opinions. So worst case scenario, everything's fine. Excuse me, best case scenario, everything's fine. Worst case scenario, they realize that they're not the one for each other and they have to get a divorce. Yeah, yeah. That's the point of the show, Katina. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe you could tell uh, uh, Alyssa that. Keep, keep her up. Keep her abreast of the situation. So Elijah Wan says he is like 98% sure that they'll get along, but there's still that 2% that worries him. And he just wants to make sure that they're still putting the effort in, even on the days when they're tired. Like all roads go back to just pushing, pushing, even though we don't want to. Everything's got to be a struggle. And I don't want to be on the struggle bus. Mm. So Katina warns him not to forget the conversations they had about being patient with each other, which I'm sure was uh, left in for the show because we'll find out that he does forget them pretty quickly. Um, then we have Jasmina and Michael talking about like their ups and downs during the honeymoon, but she's fine with the ups and downs as long as they're respecting each other and she's worried and thinks that they still need to work on their communication. So the episode ends with Alyssa and Chris packing up separately and Alyssa's talking about how if she could describe their relationship in one word, it would be a mess. <laughs> okay. Yeah, same, same. But Chris says that he did everything that he could. And Alyssa says, of course, that it's not her fault because she's put a lot of time and effort into this. And if people don't like her, then frankly, that's their loss. So you heard that here, America. You heard it here first. <laughs> We're all losing out on this absolute gem on America's sweetheart. That is Alyssa looking for her forever home. Mm. With that, you guys, oh... We'll be back for more mess. They'll be back in Boston. Looks like they'll be talking to Pastor Cal. And uh, I can't wait to see how uh, she reacts to actually getting her uh, gnarled cloven hooves held to the fire. Can't wait to see it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you. Bye.